0: So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL.
1: This is Access Atlanta, your weekly look at what's fun, entertaining, and educational in and around Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Though some events have been postponed in recent weeks, others are going forward on their originally scheduled dates. Atlanta musician Vince Sangaro, a decade ago, had trouble finding services to help him take care of his father suffering from Alzheimer's. He channeled those frustrations into Alzheimer's Fest, a concert to raise money to help caregivers get respite care and support. He turned the fundraiser into an annual event, drawing acts over the years such as Reverend Horton Heat, Glenn Phillips, and Cindy Wilson of the B-52s. But Zangaro, now working with the Dementia Spotlight Foundation, outdid himself with his latest festival set for February 4th at the Buckhead Theater, a triple bill event, featuring Cracker, Driving and Crying, and Arrested Development. The event was originally scheduled at the Tabernacle August 28th, but the rise of the Delta variant at the time forced them to postpone it and move location. Read Rodney Ho's story about the Alzheimer's Fest on AccessAtlanta.com. And the AJC will continue to bring you news of cancellations and postponements, so check AJC.com and AccessAtlanta.com too. The Australian indie rock musician and songwriter Courtney Barnett returns to Atlanta on Saturday, January 29th in support of the album Things Take Time, Take Time, her third full solo release. The concert, with an opening slot from folk pop singer Cassandra Jenkins, is happening at one of the city's newest venues, the Eastern. Born in Sydney and raised there and then Hobart, Tasmania, Barnett now calls Melbourne home. After playing in several bands and recording two solo EPs, she released those two as a single package in 2013, and the songs began to resonate with listeners at home and abroad. Fronted by Manic's single Pedestrian at Best, 2015's debut album Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit was a worldwide hit, commercially and critically. Read our interview with Barnett and check Friday's Go Guide for more events in and around Atlanta. Stay tuned for more events later in the podcast, and after the featured conversation, we'll take a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, we'll hear from one of Atlanta's most venerable musicians. For about 40 years, Tinsley Ellis has lived his life on the road, either driving to a gig, setting up, performing, tearing down, or driving to the next gig. Ellis made himself legendary as a touring machine and an icon of the Atlanta blues scene. Then came COVID-19. In March 2020, halfway through a 60-gig jaunt promoting his album Ice Cream in Hell, everything fell apart. All the clubs canceled, and Ellis drove home from Northern California in one long, painful three-day burst. Bo Emerson talked to Ellis about the difficulties of being a touring musician in the pandemic era, returning to the road, and his new album, Devil May Care. And Bo is here to introduce his conversation with Ellis. Welcome, Bo. Thanks, Shane. So, Tinsley Ellis, uh, he has been doing this a very, very long time.
2: It's true, and uh, he has... uh... Uh, made a place for himself in Atlanta that's uh, really unlike most everybody else Uh, he uh, he's
1: got he's got a niche and uh, and a very devoted following right and you know it, it it must be really really tough for someone like him who really depends on you know the revenue from touring he's a working musician and he needs to tour and he hasn't been able to do that in a while Right, and and of course,
2: the, it's the same with most of the performing arts. But the but for somebody like Tinsley, um, it, he would easily be out 200 days a year, um, the uh, playing, and uh, that that was turned off just like somebody turned off the tap, um, and and ended. Uh, I guess
1: really about 18 months ago, or almost yeah. two years ago. And and that's the story with lots of touring musicians. Uh, he he's certainly not alone in that. Right. And uh, so he's got a new album coming out and he's going back to touring. Right. And he's looking at that as a, sort of a, a putting his
2: fate in the hands of uh, uh, Providence and, and hoping things uh, turn out. Okay. The, the, they already just had a couple of shows uh, at the uh, city winery and um, you know, believe it or not, he's getting on a, on a cruise ship, which, Probably is nothing but a crock pot of viruses, but uh the uh but so many people have been vaccinated, um and uh, people wear masks and of course his band has, uh, they take great precautions. So he's you know he says we're going to do what we what we got to do and uh, we'll we'll do the best we can to uh, take care, uh, which you know is very much a relief to a lot of people out here who themselves they want to go out,
1: right. Yeah, well, it's good to see some, you know, live music coming back, and uh, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to uh, to seeing Tensley and everyone else again.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, the, the genesis of this album is pretty interesting. Um, he uh, he came home uh, and, you know, sat in his basement for a while and stared at the wall, and then, uh, then he just started writing, and he wrote, uh, he says, 200 songs. Every one of those songs had a name, and he said maybe not all of them were as good as uh, uh, uh as they should have been but um he turned this uh this period into a sort of an intense uh, chautauqua for himself and um he also would uh broadcast those songs online he would uh had this sort of weekly uh salon uh for his facebook followers he would play uh sometimes acoustic sometimes electric with a like a pre-recorded uh a rhythm track behind him and he would get commentary on the songs and he used that as a way to say, well, maybe I'll, you know, what do you guys think of this song? What do you think of that song? He calls it market research with a little bit of a, of a smile, you know, and a nudge and a wink. But uh, it, it helped him figure out what, what tunes to put on the record. And uh, the, uh, I think he made some good choices.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, is there anything else we should know before we uh, go into your conversation with Tinsley Ellis? I, th- I think one,
2: th- one of the cool things about the band is he has a, uh, a, a, a fellow on uh, the Hammond B3 organ and, uh, and also on, on guitar. So he is playing some, uh, some twin guitar leads, and also he's singing with that very great uh, sort of rusty voice uh, uh, with that B3 organ behind him. There's certainly an Allman Brothers feel in, uh, in some of that stuff, uh, which is, he says... You know, that's my birthright. It's it's Georgia music.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, great. Well, uh, let's hear from Tensley Ellis himself. And thanks so much, folks. Thank you, Shane.
2: Okay. People who want to get back out of your house and and dance to some music, uh, uh, we have a fellow here who can make that happen. Tinsley Ellis, uh, after an 18th month hiatus, is going back on the road with his new album, uh, Devil May Care, and uh, is going to swing back into the pattern that he kept up for the last 40 years, which is playing about 200 dates a year on the road which would kill the rest of us, but it seems to uh, keep him young. Um, and I'm looking at you right now, Tinsley, you still look a little uh, a little bit younger than me, which is pretty dang young. But thank I am you- a, I am a little younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us, so glad to have you here. My pleasure. So you, uh, uh, you put your time to good use while uh, you were sitting there twiddling your thumbs uh, Talk talk a little bit about that. Talk about getting called back from California on the Ice Cream no. and Hell tour, and uh, and then coming home.
0: It, it all went down so fast in uh in March of 2020. We were out supporting the last album. Well, we had a sixty a sixty show tour all over America, the whole country, and uh, we did thirty of the sixty shows. We were in Northern California, and my. My agent, Baron Ruth, um, an Atlanta guy, he, he called and, uh, and said, you got to come home. And I said, what are you talking about? It all went down in like one day. And he said, everything's closing down. You got to come home. We're going to reschedule everything. And so we made the long drive from Northern California. Uh, to Atlanta uh, not a short drive uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty pretty awful experience because usually we break up drives like that and you know over the course of a week or something worth of shows and drove back home and I and for a week I kind of stared into the abyss here in Atlanta and then I said I gotta <clears throat> I gotta keep my chops up so I started coming downstairs every morning and writing songs and I wrote a couple hundred songs in the in that time period and and Pick the best 10 of those songs to be the the new Devil May Care album.
2: Now the uh, writing songs is not necessarily that easy and I was trying to trying to measure 200 songs over uh, 18 months it's like a song every four days is that um, uh, did you find that uh, more difficult or uh, easier than you thought it was going to be? Well first of all I need to point out that not every one of those songs is a good song
0: so <laughs> some of them i kind of wrote and went oh that was weird you know to moved on to the next one and then others took you know longer time period um what i would do is i'd come down here you know seven or eight in the morning with a cup of coffee down into my downstairs basement laboratory you know and and uh have a cup of coffee and i put on some uh some music and listen and i was li- digging up records that i hadn't listened to in a long time old bb king albums or old uh mike bloomfield al cooper albums and i'd i get inspired and said i am going to write a song like that and sometimes i would go like well how many that's a great beat right there how many how many beats per minute is that and i would I'd have a little app on my phone that would tell me how many beats a minute it is and i get a little drum part going and I'd put a bass part to it and then a couple of guitar parts and vocals and and then I always write the lyrics last, you know, that's, that's the hardest thing to write is the lyrics. So, uh, and then I'd mix it up and, you know, and I was posting them on, uh, Facebook, a weekly, the best song of the week would become the Wednesday basement tape song. And then people would give me their feedback on it, which was really nice. I've never been able to do that before. And, uh, and send them up there to Chicago to alligator records and I'd sort of fly it up, a, run it up a poll and see who saluted. And, uh, then I kind of got an idea of which songs people thought were good songs.
2: And like one of them, uh, I think you said was called I've Tested Negative for Sympathy From You. That that, that I, one I, didn't go over with the alligator folks. What was wrong with that one?
0: Uh, well, I thought that was a really catchy hook. I've Tested Negative for Sympathy From You. Uh, but um, I don't know, maybe it was too, maybe it was too good of a song. <laughs> I, I doubt that, but that was, uh, that was one that I thought was, uh, was a funny one that didn't make the cut. Uh, but others, right others did.
2: So, so then that means that there's the, there's a, uh, a a basket full of basement tapes from, uh, the, the Ellis basement that, uh, uh, that could be a whole demo album. One of these years, is that right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it really would be cool, um, to have that, uh, you know, after having gone through the, um, you know, the making, the writing and then the recording and the mixing and mastering of this album, I really don't want to see too much recording for a while. I need to get back <laughs> into, into performing in front of people. But uh, yeah, these songs, they exist. Uh, the mixes of them exist on my laptop so I can pull them up at any point and see. And, uh, you know, I've wrote, wrote some acoustic songs, wrote some instrumentals as well. So who knows?
2: Now you've got um, uh, Eric Kaczynski on drums, who you've been playing with for a while. Yates McKendry on piano, organ, guitar, yep. and Andrew White on bass. And you got uh, with Yates playing uh, that B three organ and sometimes twin guitar. Mm-hmm. There's definitely uh, an Almond Brothers vibe on a couple of these songs, like right down the drain. Uh, t- talk about that.
0: Well, that's that's my music, really. I mean, uh, I'm never going to be. As much as I'd like to, I'm never gonna be B.V. King. I'm never gonna be Muddy Waters. I don't have those same experiences that they had, but, but you know, playing Almond Brothers kind of music, I mean, that's, that's really the only birthright I've got, you know, Georgia music. Yeah. Born here, uh, raised in South Florida, but uh, I've been back here in Atlanta since 1975. So uh, Georgia music is really my, that's my wheelhouse. And I feel real comfortable doing that style.
2: Well, it's, uh, it's for sure it's blues music, uh, along with everything else that it is. And uh, the, yeah. uh, you know, you talked about uh, sort of emulating these, these old guys. Uh, now you've been around as long as any of them have. Well,
0: I don't know how old Hal and Wolf lived to but when I went to see Howlin' Wolf in concert, he looked like an old man. But I bet he was younger than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> but he he definitely lived harder than I've ever lived, or right? harder than I would ever want to live. And uh, and I saw Muddy Waters a, a bunch of times. I think he probably made it into his seventies or something like that. So that's the cool thing about playing blues music is you know if you play uh, if you're in a rock and roll band and and uh and your hair falls out, I mean, you, you're you out of business. But if you, <laughs> if you play blues or bluegrass or something and your hair falls out, they charge another $500 to see you. So, uh, so you get a lot, a lot longer career playing this kind of music.
2: Well, you still got some hair to go on here, so you can switch. I got a, lot. Can... I got a lot
0: back here in the back. Not so there you
2: much, go. But... It's just moved oh. uh, it's just moved around on your head a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, you uh you got a pretty good guitar collection, including that Gibson Modern. I don't know if you still got that on hand. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, the, uh, and you had all this time in the basement. Did you uh, sort of make any discoveries? Did you play any that you haven't played for a while?
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I did downstairs is I, um, first of all, I had my studio out in Tucker, Georgia on Main Street and I, you know, I was cutting back. So I moved the, all the recording equipment from Tucker uh, here to uh, my basement. Um, for the amusement of my family and uh <laughs> I have all my uh, around me right now i've got all my amplifiers set up and uh i pulled every guitar i owned and put them on stands downstairs so i surrounded like a mad scientist with equipment and i've got an old uh Wurlitzer electric piano that i really love and i got a leslie cabinet down here and, and an Echo Plex, and i sent all this stuff up down in the basement and uh It was really fun to kind of rediscover some of these guitars and amps that I hadn't used in so many years. And uh, that became part of the creative process to be able to, uh, you know, to envision what I want to want the guitar part in a song to sound like and acoustic guitars and national steel guitars as well. So it was really fun to experiment with that. Now, of course, that having been said, You know, a a global pandemic, that is a hell of a price to pay for a little extra creativity. So I'm hoping not to have to go through, hoping the world doesn't have to go through that just so that we can all learn to to use Zoom and things like that. But, um, you know, you got to make a lemonade out of lemons sometimes. and, uh, And that's what I try to do.
2: You took advantage of the of the moment and you uh, uh, you utilized it uh, when other people might have sat around feeling sorry for themselves. The uh, uh, also it was uh, you sort of kept a connection with uh, uh, your audience, uh, with uh, your weekly uh, 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 streams on 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 Facebook and et cetera. Uh, You did a a, like Sunday morning coffee. uh, yeah, uh, song quite frequently that would have been like a cover of some old uh tune uh and uh then you did your wednesday uh uh, uh when you would uh, bring out maybe one of your new tunes and uh, uh yeah you, you probably connected with some people that you might not have even uh heard from otherwise you know it was really
0: that was really the first time i've ever done that to find out kind of what people want to hear and you know in the in the movie business they will make they'll make a movie and they'll finish it and they'll give it a couple of different endings and test it in front of an audience right and uh of course you know that the stakes are much higher um you know when you make a movie there's like millions and millions of dollars involved in production and not so much making a blues album but the point is is that i was able to test um test market these songs and to actually do different versions of them and and if I um, and see how many uh, uh, listens they got and read the comments. Uh, it was really uh, an amazing experience to find out kind of um, what I found out is that people like it when I play long guitar solos. <laughs> um I liked it when the Allman brothers played long guitar solos. I love the fact that Mountain Jam covered two album sides. <laughs> that was a good that's a good thing for me.
2: <laughs> well you that's playing to your strength uh right there. You could you could probably put out your own shut up and play your guitar album if you wanted to. Uh I'm sure there's yeah. an audience for that.
0: I did. I actually did a uh, I did a uh, an all-instrumental album, uh, which I put out on vinyl as well. And I did that on my own label because um, uh, Alligator Records, that was one of the, I've left Alligator three times and come back. They're very forgiving there. But I, I left at one point to do an all-instrumental album. They thought that was a crazy album. And it was it was called Get It. 10 years ago, I did Get It. And uh, that's one of my favorite albums because um, that totally plays to my strengths. Uh, I mean, um, the weak link in, in any kind of a, uh, you know, blues rock band is always going to be the vocals with the exception of the Allman brothers, of course, but, um and Peter Green, I might add, but um for me, I mean, the weak link was always the singing. So, you know, you eliminate the weak link there and let the guitar do the singing. And uh, there was, there was much rejoicing in that between the, but by critics for one thing you know you know
2: uh, i i think you're singing uh, uh, you should not underplay your singing and uh, uh, i gotta say that you've got a gravity uh, uh in that voice uh now that i'm 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 hearing a little greg almanish uh feel there especially with that uh with that b3 um it's it's yeah. certainly catching up to the guitar
0: well i appreciate that i figure by the time i'm 120 years old I'm <laughs> caught up with it
2: <laughs> the, uh, uh now so also one of the things you uh your audience enjoyed is they enjoyed seeing uh seeing all those combinations they liked seeing those those different guitars the national yep. and uh, yep. you played that floyd kramer with a tremolo bar um that uh, was that was very uh uh that was a a, a wonderful twist on a on last, a last date yeah that's on the song
0: list for my uh Next, um, my next all instrumental album. I will do, I will do last, and I, I did a, a version earlier in my career of uh, "Mercy, Mercy, Mercy" with the same treatment with uh, with the whammy bar. I love, I love the Ventures. I thought the Ventures were great, and uh, and there's a there's a Ventures in me dying to come out. There's
2: there's
1: a market for that. I got to tell you, one would think. Let's take a short break and look at more events in and around Atlanta. Downton Abbey, the exhibition, arrived in Atlanta last fall, but it's still going strong. You can see it at the Perimeter Point Strip Mall in Sandy Springs. More than 50 of the original costumes from the show are featured, from wedding dresses to maid outfits. And there are multiple videos including immersive projection technology to showcase some of the show's highlights in a room resembling the mansion's library. Tickets are $36 to $39. Originally scheduled to run through January 17th, the exhibition now has tickets on sale at least through February. Find out what to expect and how to get tickets on accessatlanta.com. The Obama portraits are now on view at the High Museum of Art. The exhibition will continue through March 20th, when it moves to Houston as part of a five-city tour. Read more about the art and the artists on accessatlanta.com and check out our previous podcast, which featured a talk with the National Portrait Gallery's Dorothy Moss about the Obama portraits. Let's continue our conversation with Tinsley Ellis. So, uh, do you uh, you know, we
2: we got to talk about the uh, sort of the... the um... The, the threat to all of this is that we're still in an ongoing pandemic, although it yeah. changes all the time. Um, how are you uh, uh, how is it OK to go on the road now? Uh, and what are you going to you know, how do you how do you maintain sort of uh, the best possible uh, chances for an outcome on this? How, is, how are you going to do that?
0: Well, we are we are following the CDC um, guidelines. Uh, for the thing Um, we have rescheduled a lot of these same dates three times now Uh, when we when we came back from California in March of 2020 we rescheduled that whole tour Um, not an easy thing to do when you're lining up city after city after city six days a week seven days a week right that was hard to do they rescheduled it it fell through. They rescheduled it again, it fell through. And then they, they said, do you want to reschedule for the fall of um, of 2021? And I said, let's just hold it for the for the release of the album in early 2022. They said, good idea. Well, guess what? It, it didn't turn out to be that great of an idea. So clearly it has not served as well to reschedule. We're just gonna have to figure out a way to get through this. Um, and so we're gonna follow those uh, guidelines and a lot of the places um, requiring vaccinations. Um, and uh, I don't have a policy on that personally, um, but um, I, you know, we are all vaccinated and boosted and we're all got our N95 masks and we're gonna try to find a way to um, to get through this. And um, I don't know about the timing of releasing this album. Is it a good time to release it? Is it a bad time to release it? It's probably not a great time to release it, but here we go.
2: Well, Here's and you, you pointed out that, um, you, you're playing a lot more, uh, art centers and, uh, uh, and places where there's, uh, there's assigned seating. There's not going to be, uh, a North side tavern type, uh, feel to, uh, most of these places that you're playing. Um, And in in some ways, I guess that takes away from the, you know, that mosh pit uh, fun that you can have at a blues show. But on the other hand, it probably makes it a lot safer for the audience.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, who knows? Anything could happen. Uh, We are also going uh, after the the show on the 21st there at the um, city winery, actually two shows the same night. We got a few shows in the southeast, um, and then we're going to go on the blues cruise and play. Um, I'm not sure what the CDC would say about that, but I don't think they would like it. Uh, but we're <laughs> going to we're going to do it, and we're going to try to be careful. And uh, devil may care, as they say.
2: There you, there you go, and in fact, I, I'm glad you brought up the fact that you are playing at the City Winery on yep. uh, January 21st. Is that right? Yes, for two shows, two shows, shows, two shows show, really. in one night. That's um, uh, like the old days, and and uh, the uh, yep. uh, uh, the the and then uh, then you're heading out. Not after the cruise, you're going to be going across the country and back again. Um, yep. Not not two hundred nights uh, this year, but uh, uh, but you're you're still going to p- have a a, a a pretty vigorous tour.
0: Well, the offers are really coming in for the whole rest of the tour. We've got forty two shows booked right now, I think, and and, uh, and quite a few. And, and the whole rest of the year is kind of mapped out, um, and it's going to be everywhere. There'll be airplanes involved, um, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, and cruise ship, and uh-huh. uh, so really every mode of, uh, of, of uh, transportation imaginable really. And uh, we're just gonna do it and uh, we'll see what happens. If things get rescheduled, they get rescheduled, but um, knock on wood so far. Um, and we're really hoping the damn thing goes away. Let's face it, it sucks. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, you're, you're mount to God's ear. I'll tell you one, uh, one question I was wondering, you're, um, you've been rehearsing with the guys in Nashville. Um, right that uh this has been a long uh layoff what's it feel like to be out there playing again well i haven't done it yet oh, uh, oh i thought you started already
0: okay Well, we have started rehearsing uh we have not performed but i
2: did go out and uh
0: i mean I just sat- the rehearsing
2: part you know is it if you're rehearsing oh, yeah.
0: what does that feel like oh it feels good oh it feels really and it's so nice to have that uh hammond organ leslie cabinet going around back yeah. there behind the music and uh and then I get the young kid on guitar, Yates on on guitar, and he is quite a guitar player. He played all the lead guitar on the um, uh, John Hyatt Eclipse Session album. John Hyatt just loved him. And uh, and he was only 16 when he did that. He's gonna be another, we think we got another Derek Trucks in the making there. Of course, that's
2: that's the highest praise
0: that can be given, really.
2: I agree with that. The, the, uh, did you have any uh, trepidation about your own, uh, about knocking the rust off when you, uh, when you got together with the guys? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I, but I, I don't know. I mean, I have actually done it for so long and they say it's like riding a bicycle. Of course, I haven't ridden a bicycle in about 10 years, but I bet I could do it. Uh, probably want to wear a helmet. So, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think it'll be fine uh uh I think you know there was a uh, on the last tour it was the first tour that I ever let anybody else be the driver of the vehicle and uh I was always uh, like Albert King used to do I always did all the driving and then finally I said I mean, I'm gonna let somebody else drive so we we share the driving responsibilities so yeah at the age of 64 things are changing a little bit but uh I got a lot of miles in me left. I, I can still do this thing.
2: Yeah, as long as it's daytime, you can probably still see fine, right?
0: Well, I drove at night the other night back from Nashville. I, I didn't really notice anything, but there's gonna there'll come a time where they'll take they'll take my keys away
2: from <laughs> me. <laughs> Well, I, I tell you, Tinsley, I appreciate you uh, taking a minute with us here, and uh, we are uh, looking forward to getting out of the house ourselves, so uh, uh, the uh, it's good that you're giving us a, a place to go, and uh, I, I hope that you're right and that uh, we're at the tail end of this thing, or at least we can be careful enough to where we can uh, enjoy a show, uh, you know, put on a mask, go home, and stay healthy, and... Uh, and we look we'll forward, hope, hope yeah, it, we're look, looking forward to seeing you there
0: then it'll be great and uh thanks so much both for everything you do for the music scene
2: here in atlanta well uh keep on making it happen and we will chat with you again take care Okay.
1: AJC brings you the best of what's happening in and around Atlanta on AccessAtlanta.com, along with deeper looks at trends in arts and entertainment. Here's a taste of what you'll find there. For people looking for a way to promote self-care and make life simpler in 2022, daily paper planners, which are available dated and undated, allow you to start writing things down any day. Paper planners are also a great way to step away from mobile phones and computers to minimize digital distractions. Paper planners allow you to take a pause from phones, computers, and virtual meetings. Writing things down can feel more intentional, and the quiet time can help you focus on what tasks are necessary without multitasking or checking social media for unintended prolonged periods of time. Read more about paper planners and how they can help keep life on track at accessatlanta.com. In addition to our preview of the Atlanta Opera's The Pirates of Penzance, you'll also find a conversation with tenor Santiago Ballerini from our partners at Arts ATL. The Argentinian has a special connection to Atlanta, as his career got a major boost with an invitation to join the roster of young singers in the Atlanta Opera's Studio Artist Program. The studio allows emerging performers to gain the necessary experience to transition into an operatic career. Then he had to fill in for an ailing tenor in the company's production of Don Pasquale. Since then, his star has continued to rise. Read more about Ballerini and the Pirates of Penzance on AccessAtlanta.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AccessAtlanta.com and AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Ewan. And I'm your host and the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.